Welcome to Ask Jane with relationship expert and best-selling author, Jane Strauss. Have you been betrayed? Is fear, hurt, or rejection keeping you from the love and intimacy you want? Are financial issues wreaking havoc in your relationship? Do you fight with the people you're closest to? Do you feel bored or are you cynical or hopeless about any of your relationships? Well, if so, this next hour is dedicated to you. Listen in as Jane speaks with callers about their problems and shares her unique insights and strategies to create more joy and intimacy in your life. And now your host, Jane Strauss. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I know that many of you are struggling with relationship issues. I want you to know that I'm here for you. Your information is confidential, so send me your questions or concerns at jane at askjanenow.com or call my confidential line, 415-458-1900. That's 415-458-1900. You've got issues and we've got answers. This is your show and I'm here to help you enjoy more intimacy and connection with everyone in your life. Claire, welcome to the Ask Jane Show. Good morning. How are you? Good. So tell me what relationship issue I can help you with today. Um, Well, I am um, getting married um, this summer. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Um, And, you know, I have been with my fiancé now for um, on and off for eight years. You know, we we dated in high school um, and broke up for a little bit in college and and then got back together and, um, you know, very happy together. Um, You know, I'm very excited to get married, but I have some hesitation um, in that, um, my dad um, is on his fourth marriage. My mom's been divorced twice, and I, I have difficulty having faith in the fact that um, that marriage in general can work. Not that I don't think I love my fiance so much, and there's nobody in the world I'd rather be with than him. But I, I have this intellectual struggle um, mm-hmm. about trusting. You know, this marriage, I don't, I don't have it in my heart, but very much in my mind um, to see if how this is going to work. Uh-huh. And what is it that you don't trust? Because obviously you trust your love, which is really sweet. Yeah. Uh, so what is it that you don't trust? Um, well, just, just that, that, you know, that, that this marriage, you know, that marriage can work, you know, and that um, there's so many things in life that, um, you know, come up and, and interrupt that, that how can I really have faith that 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 it's going to be able to, you know, work? Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your relationship in particular that's ever come up that has actually made you feel wobbly? Well, I mean, you know, after going out for eight years, you know, there's things that have come up, but, you know, I feel like... Um, Nothing at this point that I look at, and, and you know, we have talked about um, going to, to therapy, the two of us, but, um, you know, I don't, there's no issues in our relationship, I mean, that I can see. Um, I feel so safe and, and confident in our relationship um, that I, I don't worry about the things in the relationship, um, any specific thing. It's more sort of the general idea of it all. Uh-huh. Well, I'm hearing that you feel like it's the general idea, but what I'm trying to just check in about here, Claire, yes. is to find out if there's still something nagging at you from an eight-year relationship starting in high school, which is, you know, you're pretty young and right. it's all new and you haven't had a lot of practice in relationship at that point. Yeah. And so is, you know, rather than just looking at your parents' history and saying that's what this is about, I'm just trying to see if there's anything that's nagging at you perhaps still Right. In the eight years you've been together, even though it is, and I really believe that, that it is wonderful now and you feel really good. You know, I can hear that in your voice. Yeah. But is there anything that's nagging at you from those eight years, like a time you you were, you ended up wobbly, because you said off and on, you know, right. and, um, from the past that surprised you then that you're afraid could surprise you again? Well, um, you know, I um, we broke up in, in college and then got back together while in college. Um, and I think since then it's been things that felt very good. But, you know, just like how we broke up, you know, I think that there are, 
I think you can't you can't ever know what's going to happen. You know, you can't um, predict the future. Uh-huh. And um, and with that, there's always some doubt. I think. Um, and so I don't. Um, when you broke up, um, that time when you were in college, yeah, was was it a surprise to you how it all happened? Definitely. Definitely. And I and I think that that's sort of what you and I mean not. Not a, I mean, I look back now and I say, oh, that wasn't a surprise, you know, like I, but in the moment, um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, you know, in the moment I didn't expect it. Um, and, and so that you just, I mean, I think that's the fear that you go into is that you don't know, um, you know, having the perspective in the moment to see, you know, what you're doing. So it sounds like what you and your fiancé could use is to debrief a little bit more about that time before you get married. And maybe what you could do is talk about what you thought back then and Mm -hmm. how you were taken by surprise and what kind of fail-safe measures you could now build in to your relationship as best you can. Right. That if something happens in the relationship— Here's how you're going to handle it so that the rug isn't pulled out from under you. Right. And, in, um, I mean, what kinds of things, uh, just, like, communicating and, yes. and talking about things, is that kind of the... Yes. That, uh-huh. that you know, I don't know how it was that, that the breakup happened. I don't know if he said those words to you, if you said it to him because right. you were hurt, but that you would, you know, if there's hurt in the relationship, that you would make a promise to each other. This is like one of the pre-marriage vows you could make, you know, that I right. promise you if I'm hurt that I won't threaten the relationship. Right. You know, that I will do everything in my power to see if there is a way to work through the hurt with you as right. opposed to running from the relationship. Yeah. And that if he's doing something where he's hurt, you know, if he's feeling the hurt or he's pulling away or he's done something that's off, you know, either one of you, that you will promise to be as truthful as possible as soon as possible and bring everything back to the relationship. That you will talk to each other about it first and foremost, that you won't use your friends to get agreement, you know, about who's right and who's wrong. Right. But that you two are going to be the team. You two are going to be the ones to, you're going to be each other's best friends, and you're going to come and talk to each other and do everything in your power to work it through. Right. And, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's all, all you can do um, is that, you, you, I, th- I think that's the thing that, about it that there, there, I think there will always be fear for me just because, you know, you look at, you know, friends who are struggling and family and, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And as long as you are truthful, that's all you, that's, that's all you can do to help your relationship because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So, you know, when you're saying you'll always have this fear, Claire, I'm hearing you kind of affirming fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the truth is, is that love brings up everything unlike itself for healing. Right. That And the more that you love someone and the better and healthier and more wonderful that love is, the more that it will bring up everything unlike itself. So it's no surprise to me to hear that here you have this wonderful, loving relationship and it's bringing up fear. But this is really an opportunity for you to heal that fear as opposed to affirming that fear. Okay. Okay. So one of the things it sounds like is that, you know, you do have some fear about because of your own parents' history. Right. And, you know, have you ever asked your parents or thought about this for yourself even if they ever felt in any of their total combined six marriages, <laughs> uh, um, if they felt what you feel with your fiance, did they feel yeah. that secure? Did they feel as close? Did they feel as sure? Right. I haven't I haven't ever asked. Uh-huh. Because it may be that you're really breaking new ground right. in your family in that you're experiencing something that they may never have felt. Right. They may have gotten married loving someone or for, you know, there's lots of reasons people end up having, you know, getting married. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that they've ever, ever felt that one true love sense that it sounds like you feel. Right. 
which carries a lot. Right, you know, yeah, it it can carry you through a lot of situations in a relationship when you have that. So, yeah. you know, that might be a good thing to explore with them. Yeah. Because then you can see that it's not about the institution of marriage. It's not about marriage per se. It's about each individual marriage. And yours really may be that kind of, you know, one in a million in that unique situation where you're with, you know, you're really with the right, your soulmate, your person right. you're going to be with for life. Yeah. And I think that I can't, I mean, I think that's, you know, the more that you're afraid of something happening, the more it's going to um, you know, manifest itself. Well, it, of course, that's what happens because it's where our focus and our energy goes is towards the fear instead of towards the love. And so what you want to do is not ignore the fear. It's not like right. saying, you know, sweep it under the rug, but to recognize that it's love that's bringing up the fear for the purpose of healing it right now. This is your golden opportunity before you, before you even walk down that aisle right? to move through this fear. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's over with. It doesn't mean it won't rear its ugly head once in a while. But yeah. to really learn how to be with it in a way that um, you're working with it and you're working with it with your fiance. Right. Instead of holding it in this kind of capsulized place that it's all yours to have to deal with. And I think the, the one thing that comes up is, you know, his parents um, have been married, you know, um, for you know, 30 years, his grandparents, both his grandparents have been married, you know, and, and although he may not look at them and say, oh, that's the kind of relationship that I would want, you know, he doesn't have any other, there's no doubt for him. I mean, it's just like, this is what you do. And um, there's no question to, to the whole thing. And so I think it's, we have a little bit of a hard time sometimes. I mean, I think he really respects where I'm coming from, but I don't know if he always really understands it because he just trusts it innately. And I don't, and I just have distrust innately. And so I think that there's some, um, you know, I mean, we don't argue about it, but right. it's something that we just pull by being polar on that scale, it makes it hard for us to relate to one another. Uh huh. On the one hand, though, you wouldn't want him to be buying into your fear. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I would probably need somebody who wasn't going to buy into it because, you know, I already have it. So exactly. he helps me um, right. you know, at least trust. Right. Maybe you've picked perfectly because what it does is allow you to see that it really is yours. Right. And you're not ha then manifesting it in the relationship. So, right. So instead of going into melodrama with it, it, you know, really allows you to say, okay, this is what I'm sitting with. Right. You know, the, and and what you want to do is keep bringing the light of day. And especially what you want to do is bring love to fear, because that's what conquers fear is love and more love right. and more compassion for yourself right. around it. So to be very gentle and very kind with yourself. How does that sound? That sounds good. Okay. So, you know, as you get closer to the time, more stuff gets stirred. You know, anything right. that's unhealed from before your relationship even to during the eight years will probably come up. And if you can welcome it yeah. and, you know, and know that it's love bringing up everything unlike itself for healing, if you can hold it that way, yeah. you can be graceful with it together. Right. All right, Claire? Thank you so much, Jane. Absolutely. So please let us know how things are going and what happens with this fear and just to see if it if it actually morphs and changes for you. Well, thank you. Okay, so let us know at jane at askjanenow.com or call 415-458-1900 and let me know on my private line, okay? Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Did you know that this morning, 250 million children woke up and didn't have the opportunity to attend school? Room to Read is a nonprofit organization that has helped nearly 2 million children around the world receive the lifelong gift of education. Its success is directly tied to the work of passionate volunteers and gracious donors. Support Room to Read today. Help provide an education and a brighter future to the world's children. Visit the website at roomtoread.org. 
Do you know the difference between a dash and a hyphen? Can't figure out when to use a colon or a semicolon? Wondering when to say I or me? Do you want to polish your resume? Then you need the best-selling blue book of grammar and punctuation, which has been endorsed by thousands of teachers, business professionals, and homeschoolers. To see the entire content of the blue book, visit grammarbook.com, G-R-A-M-M-A-R book. There you can read the easy to follow rules and examples and take hundreds of fun interactive quizzes. And now it's time for another Ask Jane tip with your host, Jane Strauss. Do you ever feel that it's a lot of work to take responsibility for your life? So why do it? Why do we keep working on ourselves when it takes so much effort, when we'd sometimes rather be zoned out, pour a cold one, light up a joint or a cigarette, or grab the remote? Why do we put ourselves through seeming torture for no guaranteed rewards, sometimes paying a hefty price for the privilege of doing so? Are we just masochists disguised as seekers and healers? Is ignorance perhaps, if not bliss, at least better than relentless self-examination? Who is it that said that the unexamined life is not worth living? A lot of people might disagree. Many years ago, I had a t-shirt made with the saying, it's a bitch being conscious. I wore it on the first day of my Journey into Ecstasy workshop intensive because I could count on it to evoke instant knowing laughter from the participants. When my clients express how hard the work sometimes is, all I can do is smile, nod in agreement, and ask a couple of pointed questions. Like, did not feeling your emotions, did being numb really feel better than what you're feeling now? Did not knowing why you were finding yourself in the same old ruts really feel better than recognizing that you have the power to get out of those ruts? Sometimes my clients give me the look that lets me know I'm skating on thin ice, that their answer just might be a resounding yes if they told the truth in that moment. I can relate. I like the temporary high that blaming and playing the victim provide so well. Blaming feeds my ego, and playing the victim allows me to relinquish responsibility for my life. Who wouldn't say bring it on? But once that high ebbs, I'm stuck with all my hangover symptoms, depression, lower self-esteem, helplessness, and hopelessness. I wake up and see in the mirror someone who traded the excitement of possibility for the drudgery of inevitability, someone who's stuck in a rut. Reading from a very boring script, complaining often and loudly, I see someone who, while familiar, is less than admirable. Kicking and screaming, or at least whining, I stop the chatter and remind that face in the mirror what the goal of consciousness is. Happiness. I tell myself that I am more than the sum of my fears, my self-judgments, and my limiting beliefs. I quiet the chatter long enough to hear my spirit's whispers. And when I persevere, I occasionally stumble onto great and unexpected joy. More often, I find myself feeling at least a small measure of peace. I'm grateful for that. Is it all worth it? I guess each of us needs to answer that question for ourselves. So email me with what this brings up for you and any questions and thoughts about your relationships. You can email me right now at jane at askjanenow.com. And go to my website if you'd like at askjanenow.com. And I encourage you to read my book, Enough is Enough. Now it's time for more of Ask Jane with your host, relationship expert and best-selling author Jane Strauss. Ask Jane your important question, and her email is jane at askjanenow.com. That's jane at askjanenow.com. And now, here's Jane. Hi, Jean. Welcome to the Ask Jane Show. Hi, Jane. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. What is the relationship problem that I can help you with today? Well, we seem to be having some money arguments, and um, who's we? My husband and I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, his mother is pushing eighty and does not have a will or anything set up for her demise. Let's put it that way. And we've been fighting over it quite a bit because I just I don't understand why he would want to just let that money go into probate or something like that. And what is the fight about? Does he is he concerned about his mom not having a will or a trust? No, I am. Why is he not concerned about that? 
I, I don't know whether it's a, an ego issue or something that he just, you know, he doesn't want to make it look like he needs the money, but we need the money, <laughs> you know, it's tight times. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if it's just something that he, um, you know, he just doesn't want to let her know that, you know, he's in a position that he would need the money if she were to pass away. What is his relationship like with his mom? She's um, very controlling. She and she controls all three of her sons. One of them still lives at home, and the other two um, are there quite a bit of the time. Uh-huh. So she's a real matriarch. Very much so. Uh-huh. And so maybe I should ask a little bit about his relationship with his brothers, because obviously they play a part in this, too. If she has no will or trust, are they not caring about that? What's their situation? You know, um, of the three sons, the other two are probably financially better off, which is also, I think, maybe an embarrassment to him. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, those two... They, they basically are going to be happy with whatever's left behind after it goes through probate. But, you know, she probably owns a million dollars in assets. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate to see $500,000 go to a bunch of lawyers for no reason. Right. And and has he ever talked to his brothers about this? Yes, he has. Um, I, I, we've taken an awful lot of steps. I've gone online and looked up how to create a will, you know, online. I found other alternatives you know, power of attorney situations and things like that. And um, at this point, every time the topic comes up, it just turns into a fight. What's the fight that you have with him about it? I'm I'm understanding some of the background here, but what's the fight? Um, I mean, how does it go? I don't feel like he's doing anything to provide for our future. And for you, essentially, too. Yeah, me and our future, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, he's uh, 52 years old, and we both work for ourselves. And, you know, eventually we're not going to be able to take care of ourselves as easily as we do now. And it just seems as though he lives in today and isn't thinking about the future, which, you know, I know men think that way. But I just, we, you know, when we get into a fight, I, I guess the fight comes down to why would you be over there working at your mother's house if she's not willing to make some steps to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So if that's the fight that you've had over and over for how many years now? Five. Five. You might want to change your part in it at this point. It's not working. No, I did did get that. Uh, Before Christmas, I just finally said, you know, do whatever you want. You know at this point what what makes me feel more comfortable. But, you know, if this is something that's just going to continue to create a rift for us, I don't don't really want to do it anymore. Well, I'm not recommending that because that's just going to build up your resentment against your husband. So I'm not telling you to drop it. Okay. I'm just telling you not to do the same old fight. Okay. Okay, There's a difference. (laughs) You know, it's like something's not working in that conversation that becomes a fight. And if it's, and couples tend to fight the same old fight every time because they don't know what else to do. Right. You know, and that's what I'm hearing is like, you don't know what else to say and do in this situation. No. And I, you know, I, I feel like I've tried different angles, you know, sitting down as friends and just saying, you know, what can I do to help you with getting this handled? Um, I've, I've, sat down and made we've made jokes about it in the past um the problem is that he makes a commitment to me to get it handled and then i never hear anything else about it which i find frustrating well it's going to create more resentment because when someone breaks a commitment it's breaking a trust right you know so here you know you're you're the word trust keeps coming up here because here you're hoping that he's going to encourage his mom to make a trust and he's breaking a trust with you when right. he does that. And, right. you know, that's really the, the deeper conversation to have. Okay. Is that, you know, in your relationship, you're wanting to be able to trust him to help take care of you. Right. And to take care of you emotionally and your security needs. And I think um, part of the underlying issue is since we've been, we've been married for about 13, 14 years, and... Ever since we've been married, I've always been financially independent. I've never, we've kept separate bank accounts with one joint account to handle all the, the home expenses. And, you know, as we're progressing through life, I just see that that's probably going to change at some point. And I, you know, I, I guess I just have no concept or feeling that he's even on board to do that or to take care of me in that respect. Mm-hmm. That, in other words, do you make more money in the relationship than he does? I used to. You used to. Yep. Okay. And so 
uh, right now, if you weren't earning as much money as you're currently earning, would his income cover both of you? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So you feel like you're on some shaky ground financially. Right. And you're both probably feeling that. And maybe there is an embarrassment issue and, you know, just like being the man that he he's not providing something. And every okay. time you have this conversation, it's for him, he's getting his nose rubbed in it. And, Agreed. And it doesn't mean that that's your intention. Your intention is to just try to get some security happening. But there's an emotional block for him on that, perhaps. Okay. So have you two ever talked to a financial advisor? We have not. And someone else actually recommended that, and I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you know, because sometimes it's easier for someone to hear it from a third party than from their partner. Okay. It, it may not press the buttons for him to hear someone who has who's disinterested, not uninterested, just disinterested, you know, say, look, here's what I see in your situation. Here's where I see you two 10 and 20 years from now. And here's what I think could help. Okay. And, you know, could step in. And, you know, it might even be helpful if it were a man for him. Okay. Um, I don't know that, but that could really be a help. Um, if it's a guy thing, I would you think know. a guy would he would he would be a lot more receptive to a guy. Uh huh. And then you're sitting there in the same position of just taking advice or not taking it, but listening to advice from somebody, right. and then you're together on it. Okay. So you know that you know sometimes people come to uh, couples counseling with me, and I'll send them to financial advisors because the kind of advice that they really need is for someone to sit down and map out the reality with them and help them really see that together and get to be on the same team again. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see where I've I've kind of demasculated him by, you know, telling him that I didn't feel he was taking care of us. So, each, you know, each time you're right, every time I would bring it up, it would put salt in that wound. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that might be that might be our our best next step. Right. And the other thing is that you might find that this financial advisor gives you some great ideas on some synergy right now, how to do some things that are more together financially in your relationship that creates more security and wealth for you both that doesn't okay. necessarily just have to do with his mom. So it's another good reason to go. Yeah, that actually sounds like a great idea. Okay, good. So please let us know, you know, get back to us. You know, uh, you can call me at my voicemail, my private voicemail, which okay. is 415. Wait, one second. Let me grab right. my pencil. <laughs> Hold on, Jane. Okay, 415. 458. 458. 1900. 1900. Or you can email me at jane yep. at com. Okay. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from you again. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the advice, and I think uh, that, that will definitely be our next step because I do want to put an end to the to the uncomfortable things that are going on with us because everything else has been wonderful. So great. I think this is a great step for us. Thank you, Jane. You're so welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Did you know that this morning, 250 million children woke up and didn't have the opportunity to attend school? Room to Read is a nonprofit organization that has helped nearly 2 million children around the world receive the lifelong gift of education. Its success is directly tied to the work of passionate volunteers and gracious donors. Support Room to Read today. Help provide an education and a brighter future to the world's children. Visit the website at roomtoread.org. When someone you love is seriously ill, Hospice by the Bay offers comfort, care, and support, enabling them to live with dignity in the home of their choice, surrounded by those they love. Hospice's care extends to the entire family. Hospice by the Bay also serves people whose lives have been affected by the loss of a loved one through its community grief support program. Hospice by the Bay's care is available in Marin, San Francisco, and Sonoma counties, and is funded by reimbursement from Medicare and private insurance, and through financial support from community members and businesses. For information on how they can help you and your family during difficult times or how you can support their work, call 415-927-2273, 415-927-2273, or visit us on the web at www.hospicebythebay.org. That's hospicebythebay.org. Now it's time for more of 
Ask Jane with your host, relationship expert and best-selling author Jane Strauss. Ask Jane your important question. And her email is jane at askjanenow.com. That's jane at askjanenow.com. Time now for one of our former callers to check back in and follow up with Jane. Right here on Ask Jane. We have Brenda on the line, and Brenda's been with us before. Brenda had a unique situation and a very traumatic, shocking situation in that she was with her boyfriend on his deathbed when she found out that there was another woman. And uh, so, Brenda, how are you doing since our talk together? You know what? It was very helpful. I did find, like, a a much greater degree of peace, and I would remember your words, you know, that, like, what really mattered was the fact that, like, did I believe in my heart Robert and I had something special together? And the answer was definitely yes. And, like, that just sort of eased, you know, I was all this, like, you know, tension I had inside me and fear and sadness and worry. Not that I don't still think about Robert every day and miss him, but like that was really the key. And so actually it helped me to have the holidays. Holidays are hard, of course, after you've lost a loved one. And so, but that really helped me. And actually like, you know, I've gone on to have, um, well, believe it or not, I have a date in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. So it sounds like you were able to actually not just do some healing, but some completion. And Mm -hmm. um, not that you don't have feelings, but you were able to kind of close that chapter and get on with your own life, which is what it's all about, Brenda. Thank you so much for letting us know. Uh huh. My pleasure. It was great to hear from you again. Thank you. Happy New Year. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. You're listening to Ask Jane with your host, relationship expert Jane Strauss, and her email is jane at askjanenow dot com. That's jane at askjanenow dot com. What would you like to ask Jane? For more of Ask Jane, visit janestrauss.com. Now, here's Jane. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. Hi. How can I help you with a relationship issue today? Well, one question I have is every time I express to my husband how I feel Uh, about taking a vacation with his family or, uh, yeah, we'll we'll stick with that one for now, taking a vacation with his family, he'll try to fix it and say, well, we should just cut them out of our lives and, and, you know, we won't see them anymore. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I would like to spend time alone with you and do something with you. Uh, how long have you been in this, your with your husband? Uh, let's see, three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. And you haven't taken any time alone together? Short, very short, week, long weekends, uh, but never a week or uh, longer alone. Alone. And, and when, when we have, it's always been with his family uh, to Europe or uh, just different trips throughout the United States. But it's always as a family because that's how he grew up. What do you mean that's how well, he grew up? Throughout his, for his, every summer, his family and his grandparents would go away on a family vacation together. Well, that's how most people grow up, but the one okay, they... So I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but when the, but the thing is when they, when people get married, they usually then go with their new family on vacation, <laughs> not with their family of origin. Right. So um, does this include siblings? Yes. Yes. So it's like there's a there's kind of this family tradition that that you got married into here. Correct. (laughs) Where everybody where the whole family goes on vacation together. Mm -hmm. um, And these are vacations instead of you having uh, a a romantic trip with your husband. Right. And does he wish he had more time alone with you? Yes. He does wish that? Yes. How do you know that? Well, actually, that's a good point. I, I think that he wishes that. Uh-huh. So you're <laughs> I not... I don't know for sure. <laughs> you don't know for sure. Okay. Because, what I'm, I... I'm, only, I, I'm only hoping. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's a good hope. So 
what is it like when you do take long weekends together? Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's very nice. So do you, so you two, when you're with your husband alone uh, for a long weekend, it's romantic and you get along and you're not bored and... Oh, absolutely. No, no, not at all. Okay. So you would think he would want to build on something that he enjoys as much as you do. Mm -hmm. Uh So what happens when you bring this up and how does it go from kind of zero to 60 here where you bring up that you would like more... Uh, family more vacation time alone with him and he says well then I'm never going to speak to my family again what what kind of what happens in between what you say and what he says is does it go directly to that kind of response yes what does that really mean is that that sounds like a, a a strange threat to make when he's obviously very close to his family right Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me, and that's not what I'm asking for. Well, I hear that's not what you're asking for. Of course not, but then it sounds like it works to shut you up. (laughs) Uh, Possibly. uh... Because then you're in the position of defending, saying, no, 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 that's not what I I want. That's not what I'm asking for. Right. So it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I asked. You know, I don't want you to do that. Mm -hmm. What I don't know is why he pulls that one with you. Why can't it be a discussion about oh, where would you like to go, honey, and let's look at the calendar? Well, I think probably because it's a quick fix to say that. Well, it's except it's not fixing anything. But right. I so what is it that he wants to only take long vacations with his family? Do they pay for the trip? No, most of the time we pay our own way. Okay, so that's not it. It's not like you right. guys couldn't go anywhere unless this was a family grouping. Right. Okay. So what is it that he gets out of those family trips? Does he enjoy them? Yes. Okay. So we're talking to Lisa today, uh, and she would like to have some vacations with her husband of three years um, that are longer than just weekends. And they end up always doing family, his family trips. And when she tries to bring that up to him, he says, okay, then I'll never talk to my family again. And it's kind of this vicious circle. Right. Okay. So go ahead with what you were going to say, Lisa. And that was uh, (laughs) that he always tries to to fix the problem. Does he enjoy the trip? Yes, very much so. Do you? Once I get there. Once you get there? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's getting there and getting on the plane that is uh, because of your resentment about yeah, being about with this family. But once I'm there, I enjoy everyone. I enjoy being with everyone. We have a great time. Okay, so one of the things maybe that he sees is that if he can get you there every time, you actually end up enjoying it. Right. Uh huh. So, what would happen if you? Um, just addressed the whole fight issue and said, um, if you feel, honey, if you feel like you have to never see your family again for us to take a week Uh on our own, well, I guess that's what you're going to have to decide to do. But I want a week of a trip. However you want to arrange that, that's what I want. I want us to be alone for a week on a romantic trip or a fun trip, an adventurous trip, whatever that is. Okay. What if you just said, look, that's what I want. However you want to arrange it with your family is really up to you. Mm-hmm. I could do that. You could do that. Why haven't, why do you feel like you haven't done that so far? Uh, I don't want to rock the boat. What boat are you rocking? He, is he really going to cut uh, off his family? Is I he- don't have any family. And so for me, that is my extended family. Uh-huh. And I do want to spend time with them. And but... are you afraid of looking like the bad guy then? Oh, yes. Okay. And so you're going to end up being the one to lose out. He's going to put you in the position instead of taking responsibility. Your fear is he's not going to call his mom and dad and say, Mom and Dad, um, Lisa and I want to go on a vacation on our own for a week, and that's what we really want to do. Right. He's going to say, Lisa wants this. Right. And what I'm looking for is understanding Lisa, I understand how you feel, and the next time we go away, it will be the two of us, and we'll plan that. He may not be able to understand something he hasn't yet experienced with you. Okay. But what he may be willing to do is um, go along with a request that you say, look, I do want you to call your family, and I want you to say we. I don't want you to say 
that this is me. I want you to be willing to say, this is what we want to do. Will you do that for me? Because I want your family, too, in my life. Right. And I do. That's not what I'm, I'm not saying. I don't. I get that. So do you think, I mean, since you're saying he always tries to fix the problem, mm-hmm. well, here you're telling him how he really can fix the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can fix it all the way around with you this way. How does that sound? That sounds like something we should try. Do you think he'll be willing to say we? That, you know, Lisa and I want to go on vacation. This is what we've decided for this time? Mm-hmm. I think so. You think so? Okay, so well, we can at least try it and see how it goes. Uh-huh. I know we're going to try it next year uh, at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Okay. We've it... already decided that, and okay, good. Every year, we're, we're we are the ones that go to the family, and you know, it's always us uh-huh. do, doing the traveling. And so you're going to do it differently next year. Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying right now. Uh, it doesn't sound like you trust it totally. that's what we're saying right now (laughs) Uh, maybe I should book something Uh, maybe you should book something together that's exactly what I was going to say I think it's important that he participate in that so that when he says we Mm. he's telling the truth to his family Mm -hmm. okay so I mean you can get out the, the travel brochures you know but I think that he needs to participate in that Mm hmm so that really that that you are doing this together Mm hmm Okay. All right. And then, you know, if there's resentment that comes up for any reason, try not to have him sweep it under the rug and see what's really coming up for him. Maybe there is some loss for him of a tradition. Right. You know, maybe there's some fear for him that comes up. I don't know. You know, that's all about him. But you need something in your relationship to bond as a couple. This mm-hmm. is an. Imp- this sounds like it's a very important for your bonding. Right. And if he understands that it's you want this because you love him and you want to bond in your relationship and you want to deepen that bond and you want him to help you in that way, it sounds like he likes to be a helper, a, a fixer. So uh, yes. So you can work with that with him. Okay. Yeah. He always is trying to help and, and fix the problem. Uh-huh. Well, that's that can be good. <laughs> As long as he knows clearly what to do. Okay. That's really going to help. Okay. So if you can be clear with him. All right. About that and really go for the we, you know, so, yeah. And get out of that either or black and white, all or nothing. It's me or the family stuff. That's not healthy. That doesn't feel good. Of course not. Of course not. That paints, that puts you in a corner and that's not good. Okay? All right. So let me know how it goes. We'll be very interested in hearing how that conversation goes and how you both feel about that. All right. I will let you know. All right. Great. Thank you for calling. Thank you. It's time now for Jane to answer one of your emails right here on Ask Jane. This next email comes from a listener who's having trouble around a divorce. Dear Jane, Why do I feel so bogged down and so wrapped up with myself that it has become a physical thing? I feel like I have cancer of the heart. When will this sad, unrelenting, why me, it's not fair, I don't deserve a divorce mindset ever go away? First of all, you're asking yourself the wrong questions, questions that set you up for staying in a self-judging rut. It's important to respect your grief. When you lose a relationship, whether it's to divorce or death, you have a right to grieve. Unpopular as grieving is in our culture, it's necessary to experience it or we can't move on. But you shouldn't bear the burden of your pain alone. So I recommend holding a pity party. Invite at least one friend to this party. Then tell everyone who's there that you each get 10 minutes to whine, complain, cry, and even scream over all the unfairness that was done to you. No one interrupts the speaker or competes with each other. Just let each person let it out. You'll probably find that underneath your self-pity is a whole lot of anger and resentment that needs to see the light of day. Once it does, you'll feel so much better and more ready to let go of the past 
and greet the future. Do you know the difference between a dash and a hyphen? Can't figure out when to use a colon or a semicolon? Wondering when to say I or me? Do you want to polish your resume? Then you need the best-selling Blue Book of Grammar and Punctuation, which has been endorsed by thousands of teachers, business professionals, and homeschoolers. To see the entire content of the Blue Book, visit GrammarBook.com, G-R-A-M-M-A-R Book. There you can read the easy-to-follow rules and examples and take hundreds of fun, interactive quizzes. Now it's time for more of Ask Jane with your host, relationship expert and best-selling author Jane Strauss. Ask Jane your important question, and her email is jane at askjanenow.com. That's jane at askjanenow.com. Time now for one of our former callers to check back in and follow up with Jane, right here on Ask Jane. Hi, Dana. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Hi. So Dana was on the show, um, and she is 26 years old. She lives in Florida. She's had an on-again, off-again relationship with her boyfriend or quasi-boyfriend in Michigan. (laughs) And he's saying, or he was saying, that he wanted her to come back there, but he wasn't really willing to commit to the relationship all the way. And Dana was afraid of going back there and giving up her life that she's created in Florida or even thinking about putting more roots down in Florida um, if she doesn't have that commitment and isn't sure she feels committed herself. And even after seven years of being in a relationship together, this man was saying things like, I really like you, as opposed to using the bigger L word of I love you consistently. And so Dana's been kind of in this push-pull situation. And we talked together last time that this really, the situation is kind of precarious, um, and maybe she needed to explore some more things before making, before leaping and going back to Michigan. So, Dana, tell us what's happened. Tell us any ahas for you and whatever other questions have come up for you. Well, um, lately I've, I've just kind of been not asking him questions about our future and getting into it. So I've just been kind of thinking what I want, what's the best for me, or what where if I'm happy here, if I'm not happy here. And Good job. The more I, the more I really start thinking about it is, and it's even silly, just this weekend was just another reason for me, but I have a really good time here with my friends and going out and just enjoying my life here. And I just started thinking more, and maybe it has to do with the recent weather up in Michigan, but <laughs> I was at a barbecue yesterday on Sunday, and I had a great time with all my friends, and I have a job here, and I just feel like it's too much of a risk for me to necessarily make a drastic move right now to go up north when he is not willing to say, hey, I love you, come here, let's make this work. Wow, you have gotten uh, so clear since we talked. I really have. I don't. I just really started thinking, you know, what's the best for my career and what's the best, but if, am I happy, am I not happy? And I'm actually happy being single. Uh I know I've actually talked to some girlfriends and they want a boyfriend, they want this. And I'm like, well, you know, if a boyfriend came along, that would be great. But I actually, I just have fun just hanging out with my girlfriends. And I don't know, like, I feel like I live in Florida almost years now. I still feel like I'm on vacation. Wow. You know, it really sounds, Dana, like you're in the right place at the right time for you. Yeah. And the way you figured this out for yourself was instead of looking at the future and thinking about all the what ifs and are you going to lose him instead of going into fear, you just really stayed in present time with yourself and said, what is it that I feel about my life right now? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Uh Uh-huh. Instead of thinking about the future and uh, is it right? Is it not right? You know, is it really going to work out? You know, and I guess worrying too much about it, I'm just thinking, like, I really don't have to make that decision right now. And he, he's not giving me an ultimatum, so right. I'm not putting myself in an ultimatum. Good job, because, you know, it, to, to do that to yourself would have really been a disservice, and it would have been forcing an issue. And you probably, no matter what you would have decided, you would have always questioned yourself coming from that ultimatum place. It's never a good place to make a decision from. And it's good that you recognize that. And, you know, it's also good not to be 
uh, worrying about the what ifs because that's what creates regret when we don't live in present time and we're always thinking about the future and well what if I do this and what if I do that and what if I don't do this and I'm afraid of this and afraid of that we can waste our entire life doing that and exactly and it really feels like you know just enjoying the weather and your friends and the barbecue and your life there you just got grounded yeah and that is really the cure for confusion is getting very present and getting very grounded with the way things are in the moment and just saying what is it i'm experiencing in the moment and is this working for me right now yeah and, you know, the, the future will, in that sense, take care of itself. You will get clarity, I'm sure, about this relationship. Yeah, I just, I just feel like, you know, he's not putting me in an ultimatum, and I'm not putting myself in an ultimatum. Yep. And if he's not strong enough to make a commitment or if he doesn't exactly feel strong enough, why do I have to take that big risk? Why does it have to be me making the risk? Right. He's You're not responsible. absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So you can give it some time and live your life and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So All right. I'm having fun now, and I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. Great. Good job. Well, you know, you're a role model here for a number of women, So for so many women in your age group. Good job, Dana. Thanks. I, I actually, I felt like, I feel as though I'm always so opinionated. I was just saying this yesterday. I feel as though I'm always so opinionated in everyone else's relationship, and I have this strong advice for them, and I just need to take it myself. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always is? All right. Well, good for always. you for being willing to do that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling back and letting right. us know. Thank you so much. Right. Bye-bye. No problem. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. I want to give special thanks to my wonderful callers for creating an incredible show. And also thank you to Scott and Teresa, my producers. Be sure to join me next week for another Ask Jane show on Green 960, Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Please feel free to send me your questions, concerns, and feedback. I'm at jane at askjanenow.com. Or you can leave a confidential voicemail for me at 415 415- 458-1900. That's 415-458-1900. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to hearing from you. This has been the Ask Jane Show with relationship expert Jane Strauss. Send an email to jane at askjanenow.com. That's jane at askjanenow.com. With your relationship concern, if you'd like to get some helpful advice right here on the show. You can also visit her website, AskJaneNow.com on the internet. That's AskJaneNow.com. When someone you love is seriously ill, Hospice by the Bay offers comfort, care, and support, enabling them to live with dignity in the home of their choice, surrounded by those they love. Hospice's care extends to the entire family. Hospice by the Bay also serves people whose lives have been affected by the loss of a loved one through its community grief support program. Hospice by the Bay's care is available in Marin, San Francisco, and Sonoma counties, and is funded by reimbursement from Medicare and private insurance, and through financial support from community members and businesses. For information on how they can help you and your family during difficult times or how you can support their work, call 415-927-2273, 415-927-2273, or visit us on the web at www.hospicebythebay.org. That's hospicebythebay.org.